Right, now, as promised earlier, it's time for me to chat to Norina Shopland, who is an author. Borida to you, Norina. Borida, thank you for inviting me. My attention was caught by an email we had from Rian, uh, who works at the Glamorgan Archives, which is an interesting subject in itself, actually. And we've promised to come back and talk to her about that at some other point. But yeah, she was... she's, got, she's got fascinating stories about the archives. Well, I bet. They go back to the 12th century, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that incredible? And, and all of the counties around here, you know, including ours here, but about six counties, all the archives are stored there, down in Cardiff, actually, isn't it? Yeah, they do a wonderful tour and you can go downstairs and see all the sort of, you know, oxygen tanks and, and you know, it's like a, a space age, you know, corridor down there. The tours are open so you can, you can book on, if you go on Glamorgan Archives website, you can, you can have a look up when their tours are. Okay, well, well, we'll talk a little bit later about how to find them and how to book for your talk, because you're giving a talk next Thursday about the sub- right. subject of your new book, aren't you? Yes, yes, they very kindly invited me. I'm doing a series of launches of, of the book, so um, we're starting with Glamorgan Archives. Well, I'm sure I'm not the only person who thinks that the history of mining, you know, here in the South Wales Valleys and indeed over in England as well, is all about boys and men because obviously the disasters that have happened, the terrible disasters, often killed a lot of boys as well as men. But you don't hear about females being involved, really, uh, in, in the folklore of it all. So tell me about these tip girls. What's all that about? Well, it, it, you're exactly right. I mean, we, we are used to anything about coal mining, not just in this country, but around the world, being dominated by the male narrative. And we see pictures of men at the, the rock face, you know, the coal face. Um, and I had been doing some work on Welsh women's history because I'm very interested in writing about that because women's history generally lags a long way behind men's history. So I was looking at bringing to light more more about women's history in Wales. And I came across some stories about these women. And I went over to the Big Pit Museum to Kerry Thompson, who's the senior curator there. And I said to him, and he said, well, I'm not sure you'll find an awful lot of information. So I went off on a hunt and I found an astonishing amount of information, so much so that obviously there's now a book. Um, and these stories are just amazing. These women fought for nearly 100 years to stop society and the government trying to ban them from working at coal mines and iron mines. Um, and it, it, the book is essentially, you know, these feisty women standing up for themselves. They had to, I suppose. I mean, if we think it's a man's world today, it was a hell of a lot worse then, wasn't it? Oh, yes. I mean, a lot of the criticism was sort of like get back to domestic servant work. And they were like, but there's no domestic servant work around here. And, and they'd be like, well, get, go and work in a factory. And then, oh, well, there's no factories around here. You know, they, if they didn't work, they would have ended up in the workhouse. And they worked for much, much lower money than men, um, often doing the same job. So they did all the jobs, did they? Initially, I mean, they used to work underground as well. It's not until the 1842 report that banned boys under 10 and all females from working underground. Um, but they had so few inspectors. He had like two inspectors for the whole of South Wales. Um, you know, the women carried on working underground. So it's not until later in the 19th century where you see them mostly on the pit heads where they're, you know, the trams come up with the coal and 
they they pull them and push them around. You know, and these small trams are about the weight of a, of a small car. Mm. And they had to get in them and shovel out the coal, put them on the conveyor belt, sort it all out, wash it, clean it, cut it to the right size. It was very laborious, very dirty, very time-consuming and hard work. So once they're starting to work, I suppose, at that end of the operation, you know, the on-the-ground uh, rather than underground operation, then that's perhaps how they got the, the Tip Girls name, was it? Yes, in Wales they're known as Tip Girls. Um, and, you know, some people say, well, you should call them women. But, you know, they were young women. They tended to be teenagers into their 20s before you were married. Because as soon as you got married and had kids, you know, you, you ran the home. So the Tip Girls did predominantly, you know, some as young as 10 years old, uh, up to the 20s. And that's across the board in, in the UK. But in England, they tend to be called pit brow lasses. Uh, so the term tip girls is unique to Wales. And I suppose because they were doing what was regarded as a man's job, there was a fair amount of resentment um, about it. Yes, I mean, obviously, you can imagine in this sort of work, you know, they got very dirty. Their, their clothes were absolutely impregnated with coal dust. You couldn't wash them. You had to beat the, your, your dress clean. It's the only way you could get the coal dust out. So they were dirty looking and, you know, shabby clothes. And, of course, working alongside men, they were swearing like men and smoking pipes. And society was absolutely horrified and said, we must stop these women doing this. And several reports and investigations into the women because of their supposed immorality because it, it, they they equated if you're dirty you have to be immoral which is rubbish and loads of reports found the women completely innocent of immorality but no they still kept insisting that they give up the job and go and be a domestic servant and gradually they kind of won the battle about underground, but not, not the battle entirely. No, because, um, you know, it, they kept trying to stop these women. And in the end, in 1887, all the women marched on Westminster and they marched down the streets of London and went to the Houses of Parliament and basically said, stop it, just leave us alone. But they didn't. And it's not until you, the First World War comes in and then you see laws around the change of employment and now the uh, Equality Act allows women to work underground in the UK, but of course we, we don't know of anybody who, who does, who, a woman working underground at the moment. Well, there aren't many mines, are there now? No, none left. Very few left now, yeah. I, I think we're going to start to see you know, mines for minerals going on at, in places like Cornwall, but they tend to be more open rather than deep. But, uh, but yes, well, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. So in fact, you know, women have been involved in mining throughout its whole history then, really. Oh, yes. Right back to when you see, you know, the, from the 16th century, when you start getting more writing about mining, uh, particularly from Germany and those areas, uh, right from, from the 1500s up to, as I said, up to the Second World War. Even, even the last woman known to have worked underground was 1966. So, um, you know, yes, it's a long history and absolutely fascinating history. Well, obviously, if people want to um, you know, learn more about this and need to come and hear you talk, and more importantly, I suppose, as you're an author, <laughs> buy your book. <laughs> so you can't yes, give a please buy the book. Uh, <laughs> available on Amazon and all good retailers. Please, please, if you're going to buy it, try and buy it from a Welsh bookshop. What's it called, actually? It's called Women in Welsh Coal Mining. Okay, well, that's a pretty straightforward title, easy to remember. But so you would, I don't want you to give away everything that's in the book, but do you ha are there any particular stories that stuck out when you were doing your research? 
The most interesting story is about the Tredegar women in the 1860s. A series of photographs were taken. And when you bear in mind, there's very few photographs of working class people. Um, there's about 90 women who had their pictures taken in the 1860s in Tredegar by a photographer called William Clayton. Absolutely amazing photographs, and we know hardly anything about them. So we've done a lot of studies in their costumes and their, you know, sort of environment and where they lived and everything. Uh, so it'd be lovely to find out more about them. Well, I mean, that's really early for photographs at all, isn't it? Yes, yes. It, 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 I mean, one of the things that they look absolutely terrified in these photographs, um, <laughs> it possibly, because they, they'd never seen this before. And then you have things like posing stands, where you have to stand with this iron sort of um, or steel thing around your neck, and you couldn't move for, you know, two or three seconds. So you weren't allowed to smile, you, were, you know, you were propped up. Um, so it, it was a very... Um, a new experience for women in the 1860s, yes. Yeah, so well, the, whole, the whole technology of it would have been frightening, wouldn't it? Yes, and, yes. And they would have been very long exposure, as you say, pictures, so they couldn't actually move you know, for several seconds while the yes. thing is being exposed. But my goodness. Well, I, I suppose the, the archives, actually, where you're going to give the talk, would be a great place to kind of uh, dig up, <laughs> so excuse the pun, some, some more information about all this, really. Yes, they, they've got some nice pictures of women in, in sort of working costume. And again, as I say, very few um, working class people had their photographs taken. So it is unusual for women at this period. So Glamorgan Archives has got some pictures and they've got some um, um, reports. All the reports about the women are um, there. But also you can trace them through genealogical sites. So, of course, um, Glamorgan Archives has free access to things like Ancestry which, of course, normally you have to pay for. Yeah. So you can go on there and, and try and trace a lot of these women to see if there's any family connections. So if people want to come along and hear you speaking, now this is, a, a, I was going to say, a week today. It's not. It's next Thursday, isn't it? Thursday, yeah. At 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And it, it's yes. free to get into, it's but people free. need to book in advance, don't they? Yeah, only because we know we need to know how many seats to put out and all that. <laughs> yes, yes. And, it, and uh, a, a way to do that, apparently, is via Eventbrite. Yes, if you go on Eventbrite and either look up Glamorgan Archives or my name, Norena Shopland, or both together, um, it will pop up. Well, it's been fascinating hearing about the, the tip girls and the whole story, Norena, because it was a complete um, eye-opener to me, and I'm sure many of the people listening, we, I mean, we, you know, we're right here in the bang in the middle of the South Wales coals field, as was, so I think it would have been very interesting, and I'm sure lots of people will come along and, and hear your talk and, if you, <laughs> and buy your book, hopefully, from a local bookshop. <laughs> yes, please do come along. It's two o'clock on, on Thursday. Um, some absolutely fascinating pictures, stories, which obviously we, we can't go into detail here because of time. But yeah. um, yes, I promise you, you will fall in love with these women. I absolutely promise you. You said you had a great admiration for them because they were so feisty. And, and I mean, obviously, they had an up, literally an uphill struggle in every sense, didn't they? Yes, I mean, not just, you know, trying to keep their jobs, but also their working conditions. And, you know, the, the, during the 19th century where, you know, children's death rates are high and all sorts of things. Mm. And, and when they were paid, they weren't paid directly. The money went to the, to the man of the family. 
Well, yes, that's an, another book's full, isn't it, of, uh, <laughs> of injustice to talk about the future point. Um, I should say, perhaps, to those who don't know where it is, that the Glamorgan archives are in Leckwith in Cardiff, and the postcode is cf 11 Eight AW, so you can look that up online and find the full address. Yeah, you... just by the, the football stadium. Right, by, by Cardiff City Football, where most yes. people know where yeah, that just is. Just at the back there, yeah. Excellent. All right, well, thank you so much for appearing today. I hope the talk goes well and I hope you sell lots of your books. <laughs> thank you very much, and thank you again for inviting me. It's a pleasure.